Welcome to the Human Theatre, a safe space teemed with an abundance of exploration about what it means to be a human in this world. Optimal health is your birthright and should not be a luxury. Knowing how your body works and understanding everything that relates to your human experience comes with the package. My name is Kelsey Buchholter, and I am here to dive deep into all things mental and physical health, longevity, nutrition, human consciousness, creativity, and more. Join me in normalizing the concept of what it means to be a human and the importance of being you. Enjoy the show. Hello humans, my name is Kelsey. I am a singer-songwriter, actor, dancer, nutrition advisor, health coach, and your host. And welcome to the 38th show housed in the human theatre. I am not a mother, but I am a female who hopes to have children one day. I also have an evolutionary instinct to nurture, protect, and love. As females, we all have this instinct. And of course, males share the same. This episode is a very special one, in which my mother recounts and shares her revelations in hindsight that she would have wanted to know during the time I was my most sick. This episode is made even more serene by virtue that it was recorded whilst my mom and I were walking on one of our favourite trails. So you will hear some dogs barking, footsteps, background chatter, and waterfalls. But I kind of like the organic unfolding of being out and about in nature with my mom, and I hope you enjoy it too. In the episode, you will hear that my mom often refers to the motherly instinct to love, protect, and feed her children. And today, I just want to dedicate this episode to my mom and all the moms and carers out there, particularly those who have someone who may be struggling, or even struggling themselves. There is no manual for being a parent. Heck, there's no manual for being a human. And as my mom so rightly says in the end, we are all just doing the best that we can with what we have. My mom and I hope that this episode helps just one person. And if you know of anyone who might benefit from hearing this, please share, share, share. Before I get on to today's show, I'd like to remind you of your special 10% discount on any Oxford HealthSpan product. Oxford HealthSpan are doing important work in bringing to the market high-quality, effective, bioavailable, and science-backed botanical compounds that harness the body's innate ability to repair, renew, and promote vigorous longevity and increased health span. I interviewed the founder, Leslie Kenny, on episode 6, and I highly recommend you give it a listen if you haven't yet done so. So, when you enter Kelsey, K-E-L-S-E-Y, all in capitals, as the discount code at checkout, you will receive a 10% discount. A link will be in the show notes. I also want to disclose that the content shared on this show is for educational and informational purposes only. It should not be taken as medical advice. If you think you have a medical problem, consult a licensed medical practitioner. And without further ado, here's my chat in nature with my mom, Fern Buchholter. Okay, so this is 10.42am. My mom and I are walking in the green belt on the 27th of March, 2023. And we are busy plotting an episode um, with regards to a mother's perspective of having a child with anorexia and bulimia and essentially an eating disorder and just essentially someone who's struggling. So, mom, um, you know, what, when you are asked, like, how was it like? What was the story? What was the journey for you as a mother having a daughter struggling? So um, for me, um, I, I kind of uh, felt overwhelmed with emotion. Um, I was more on the, the emotional roller coaster as opposed to a calm intellectual and um, uh, just uh, trying to think about things clearly roller coaster. Um, I, uh, my brain kind of shut off 
to protect me, I suppose, because I just literally was not coping otherwise. Um, so I couldn't read up articles or scientific research um, about someone with an eating disorder, particularly anorexia, because um, at the time Kelsey was really, really, really anorexic. And obviously as parents, we were completely overwhelmed with worry. And we had tried for years um, to get the help that standardized medicine was recommending for Kels and it just seemed to be getting worse and worse and worse. But um, the main thing really for me was that as a mom, our first natural instinct when the baby is born is that we want to feed that baby, we want to nurture that baby, we want to make sure that baby is healthy. Those are the things that a mother automatically normally wants to do. So when it came to the point of me looking at my beautiful girl not wanting to eat or not able to eat it was like horrifying it was like a nightmare and how does a mum allow that to continue and watch your child disappear in front of her own eyes so for me I was completely blinded by emotion and often if I think back on those days it was almost like a selfish reaction because I was completely consumed with my feelings and not able to actually see what Kelsey's feelings were. And um, that's hard to think about that right now because maybe if I was less emotional, I could have dealt with things differently and maybe even better. Um, As opposed to Kelsey's dad, Gavin, who was, uh, for me, I witnessed him being calm and um, not overwhelmed with emotion and able to learn about the disease and um, calmly look at things um, without breaking down. (laughs) So we dealt with it completely differently and in hindsight my recommendation to any set of parents or guardians of um, children or young adults who are suffering with any type of mental disease, I think you've got to work out amongst yourselves, the parents or the guardians, a united front. You've got to deal with this as one and not as two separate units. I mean, each of you can bring to that oneness your different perspectives and your different ways of dealing with things. But I think you've got to be able to be... uh, a united, um, uh, what's the word, front, Front. so that your child can actually feel safe. Um, So that's my one very big recommendation. If there's one thing you can do is work together as the parents and guardians or grandparents with parents. Um, The other thing... Um, uh, is um, you know you think about it and you're watching all of this unfold in front of you and you're doing everything that you are being advised and told by doctors and psychologists and psychiatrists and dietitians and dietitians um, and nutritionists and all you are seeing is your child suffering more and more and getting more ill and more ill and as a lay person and a non-medical person, that was really hard because you kind of feel completely alone. And uh, why can't anyone understand what's really going on? Because if they really understood what was going on, surely, surely Kelsey would be getting the help that she needed and she would be getting well. So the times that Kelsey had to be admitted into clinics um, were devastating for um, us as a family, for me as a mum. I had to literally, it felt like I was turning my back on my child and leaving her and not being there to witness that she was safe every moment of the day. And um, that was horrific, um, especially the first um, eating disorder admission. She wasn't even allowed her cell phone and uh, we weren't allowed to see Kelsey for I think three 
or four weeks. And uh, um, I think that was one of the worst times. Um, I happened to go to the office. I needed to bring some clean clothes for Kelsey or I think her some toiletries or one of her medications and uh, while I was in the office the secretary offered me to say hello to Kelsey and um, they let Kelsey come into the office and I took one look at my my daughter and I uh, just obviously pulled her into my arms and we just held each other and we were both terrified to speak because we were in the office with the secretary and whoever else and uh, I didn't want anyone to hear me asking Kelsey Kelsey what is happening are you okay and all I can hear from my beautiful daughter's voice was mom you need to get me out of here mom you need to get me out of here and I could just feel that my child was skin and bone they hadn't been any improvement in uh, what she looked like from the day we left her there and um, anyway to cut a very long story short we did actually um, get Kelsey out of there and it turns out that that was probably the worst worst place for Kelsey to have been left in people's care Um, the treatment was shocking and uh, she even though they were forcing her to eat all sorts of unhealthy, unnutritious foods that were probably making her feel absolutely ill and were doing nothing to help her recover. Um, She was um, not being cared for and that just reaffirmed my complete fears and nightmares while she wasn't under our roof um, that she wasn't being looked after. And... um, that was uh, a terrible period because Kelsey wasn't well still but I couldn't leave her there I followed my instincts and I listened to my daughter's pleas and I brought her home Um, but who knows (laughs) I wasn't able to to help cure her or fix the problem Um, in hindsight now as a parent I can see that especially with an eating disorder and I suppose with any mental disease or any form of emotional trauma that person needs to want the healing themselves in order for themselves to heal. It can't be forced upon them. So that I think is another lesson that I would love all parents or guardians or cousins or family or grandparents of a a person who's suffering. It has to come from them. And if it's not coming from them yet, no matter what you do or suggest, it may not work. So I think there has to be a big level of patience and um, patience and respect and um, uh, giving the space to that person to heal for themselves. But obviously you can't allow your child to starve to death. So we had to continue on the path of following standardized care and recommendations made by the professionals because they're the ones that are supposed to know what to do. Um, So Kelsey had quite a few admissions to clinics and uh, one of the most traumatic, the second traumatic um, hospital admission was when Kelsey, we had to leave Kelsey at Rotterdam Hospital and she landed up being there for close to seven months. Um, she was kept there as a state patient because Kelsey would not um, agree to be admitted. And um, Gavin and I, because of Kelsey's age, we could not have signed the permission for her to stay there. So the state literally, as Kelsey often quotes it on her episodes, owned her. And uh, we didn't know when Kelsey would come home but there was some sense of relief I think because Kelsey was in such dire health state that um, both I think Gavin I don't know if I can speak for him but definitely for me I felt that at least at least on the barest minimum Kelsey would be having um, some food because she was going to be supervised um, and if things got any worse 
there, there would be people on hand to um, care for her. Um, on, a, on a certain level, I kind of felt that there was um, a, a sense of respect towards Kelsey and I even felt a sense of security while she was there because firstly, um, there was in clear view um, uh, posters on the walls of the visiting area of that ward that said, listed all the rights of, of, of people and what can and cannot happen and um, Kelsey from day one was allowed her cell phone um, from about, I think 5 o'clock until 10 o'clock when it was lights out. We were allowed to visit her from the first afternoon that she was kept there. Um, so I didn't feel that anything was going to get hidden and uh, so I kind of felt that I could know everything while Kelsey was there. Obviously not what was going on every single moment but visually I could see her every day and we could speak every day. Um, so I felt a, a, a slight sense of, of peace just knowing that, that it wasn't not being able to communicate at all. So um, yes, our, uh, our, our, our lifestyle and our family dynamics changed in a way because um, it was a priority to go and visit Kelsey every single day and uh, we wanted to, it wasn't a hardship. Um, we all got fitter from walking up five, five floors of stairs because the lifts were not that reliable and I certainly wasn't going to get stuck in a lift <laughs> in a hospital that size. And um, so, as uh, if you think about it, we all kind of benefited because we improved our fitness levels and uh, we actually spent time as a family visiting Kels and uh, we could, in, in slow times, it was small steps, um, Kelsey's improvements, we could slowly see the little sparkle coming back into her eyes and um, a bit of a personality reappearing and um, her curls looking a little bit healthier. Um, literally when Kelsey was so so sick uh, I, I as a mom couldn't recognize her it felt that I'd lost a child and this was somebody else living in our house someone that I couldn't talk to or care for or even basically feed or nurture or or even hug it was one of the most difficult things as a mom I was too scared to hug her because if anyone knows me I am a real lover of hugging people and I give a real big squeeze when I'm hugging someone. <laughs> so I was just, I could just feel those bones um, in my arms and I was just too scared to hurt her um, with hugs. So I also kind of um, disappeared um, as a carer for Kelsey. Um, I tried to keep my distance because I didn't want to trigger anything. I couldn't be in the kitchen when Kelsey was thinking of what and if she was going to eat because I think I was a big trigger for her and um, I didn't want to cause any more harm to already very very vulnerable and sensitive, sensitive situation. So I withdrew as a mum and I could feel the mouth forming between us. and. Um, I could never ever understand Gavin telling me, Fern, all Kelsey wants is for you to sit next to her, hold her. She doesn't want to talk about anything. She just wants you to be there. And I could, I don't, I could never ever understand that concept because it was just so painful to um, just sit and do nothing. Um, and it was also even more painful because I was too scared to touch her in case I harmed her or in case I hurt her or um, if I was with her often I felt that it was going to just land up not being a conducive interaction and um, so in hindsight another big lesson I would like to tell parents and guardians out there 
is that if someone is suffering, they don't really need you or even want you to fix it for them. All they really want is that person's love, unconditional love actually, and patience and just just a bit of human connection and just to be there for them. Um, even if it's just a holding of a hand or putting your arm around their shoulders, you don't even have to talk. You just need to calmly sit next to them. And um, I think that human contact and that showing of compassion and love is more powerful than giving that person a tablet or another appointment at a doctor or um, another therapy or treatment. So I think that would be a big lesson for anyone who's dealing with someone who is suffering and is struggling because everyone can actually just do that. Just quietly sit with them and show them your support in that way. Um, yeah, so I think if I had my time over, I think that would be a big thing that I would change in my, my way of how I dealt with things at that time. Um, well, I mean, just you. <laughs> Thank you for sharing all of that. Um, you've got more. <laughs> um, you've brought up so many points that I would like to just reiterate. Um, first thing I thought about was, you know, someone who is struggling. As you, I mean, you spoke about you and Dad needing to be on, on a united front, and I think that is a very important thing to bring up because essentially you know in the eating disorder space anorexia especially is said to be a family systems illness so even though they own they may be one person overtly struggling and overtly behaving in a way that is alarming it doesn't mean that no one has a role to play and this is in no way blaming anyone it's just Everyone at any given time is merely responding to their environment and their perceived reality. And of course, living in a home when it's not just yourself, of course, everyone, it's like a domino effect. Something happens to someone else and then it has a domino effect on everyone else. And I think that's a big point for people to, to ponder on because it's so easy to just single out the person who's struggling and almost like... You know, as you say, like the standard of care is to then put that person in a clinic or a hospital or something when it may actually not, I mean, it may, it's almost like a fake reality to go into a clinic mm -hmm. because in, at one hand, and this is in no way criticizing them, it, it almost needs to be a fake reality for a period of time to stabilize the person. I can understand that, but it's not reality. And I know a lot of people who come out of clinics, they struggle with getting back into reality again. And, you know, it's the reason why I have gone into clinics several times because I didn't necessarily, my family system wasn't necessarily addressed if it was just me in the clinic, if that makes sense. So that's the first point that I wanted to highlight because I think that's very important for people is that no matter who it is in the family, if they are displaying symptoms, no one is idle in that because everyone plays a role in the environment especially if it's in a single home unit do you have anything else to i'm trying to think if i have anything more to say on that um but yeah i mean everyone and you've alluded to this many times in a very indirect way but anyone in life they have to want something in order to actually change or do it like that is the um fortunate and unfortunate simplicity of it because you will only do something if you truly truly want it it's all about priorities and again patience and you can't really put a time frame to something like you know emotional trauma and periods of recovery and essentially life because you just unfortunately it's not as easy as just putting a simple formula which we all wish that we could um but you know it, it does take time to <laughs> change your life and change your ideologies that you've built up since you were born and etc etc and this is obviously where something like therapy can definitely be of help um to a certain extent for sure um i've taken myself off of a tangent and i can't remember what my main point was but the main point was <laughs> the family unit yes yeah, the family unit but um oh you have to want you have to want recovery and 
you know, near the end, right at the end of what you were speaking about now is that the power of human connection and touch. that was, yeah, touch is a huge thing and it's something that I'm going to be speaking about more because um, especially after my most recent extreme panic attack that I had, um, I will elaborate more on this, but it's somewhat of an irony. Um, but anyway, the, the, uh, the only thing to get me to calm down was my mom coming to hug me and that really showed and proved to me the power of human touch and human connection and I've always ex- ex- um, described my my experience of anorexia as just being another level of the most intense extreme anxiety and just searching for some serenity and mom you could not hit the nail more on the head than describing that all I truly needed was a hug and a handhold and just nurturance and I mean I I'm not a mom but I can only can't even imagine how difficult it is when your child is basically like dying in front of your eyes I mean that's another thing but again unfortunately it's like a bittersweet truth that the only person you can change in your life is yourself and I have to want to get better that couldn't have been enforced on me and in fact the more that it was forced on me the more I wanted to rebel um, and it's almost like I needed that time and space to contemplate and you know gather my thoughts and I know this may seem crude but it couldn't have come from anyone else but myself and and I say that because it was only when it truly came from myself did things did I actually genuinely take on recovery and actually take on living and I mean a big part of that was well I, I think I know that you're, you're whispering to me to speak about the nutrition piece because, of course, the nutrition piece is a, a fundamental factor of it all. Um, but again, in order for me to even contemplate eating any food, I had to be open and want to eat the food. Um, but I think why my mom is bringing up nutrition is that I authentically have always loved um, meat and fat. And I wasn't really allowed to eat much of it. Well, there was obviously some meat and fat, but most of the food that I was fed in clinics was food that, you know, I was, I was a health conscious person and it was ultra processed refined foods. And um, anyway, I think the nutrition piece that my mom was bringing about is that when I was introduced to the carnival diet by a nutritionist, firstly, I was like so so desperate for any form of help and because it was foods that I knew humans had evolved on I was so open to just trying them and eating them and because I'd love them naturally I was like oh my gosh this makes so much sense and I think the nutrition piece totally escalated the the psychological recovery that I've had and endured because in one way it's a double-edged sword and it's a symbiotic relationship essentially it's a synergy of what you're feeding what you're thinking what you're feeling what you're experiencing like everything is at play all at once and I think the nutrition piece was able to get my cells to function properly and in that regard I was actually able to mentally actually first have the energy to even start dealing with the traumas and the emotional side of things so I think that's another point you're wanting to speak about is that the nutrition piece alone is probably one of the biggest modifiers that anyone can make to their physical health and their emotional health. Mm-hmm. And I think in hindsight, if we had known about the power of food, maybe my parents would have tried, you know, to encourage me to, to turn to my food first and from there see, mm-hmm. because <laughs> without any medications or anything, it completely, gosh, it skyrocketed me. It actually just brought me back to life. And it makes sense because that's what our cells need. Our cells need the essential amino acids and the essential fatty acids. And our cells and our bodies understand those foods because, again, we evolved on them as a human species. Okay, so you had something to say on the nutrition piece. Yeah. um, I just, uh, you know, constantly uh, reverberates in my head just thinking back to the unbelievable unbelievable miracle of Kelsey literally going back to what... uh, uh, she likes to call an ancestral um, way of eating, a way of eating that our bodies understand and can 
derive the correct amount of nutrition and absorb everything that is nutrient in the food without spiking insulin and causing inflammation. If only I say this was unbelievable plea in my voice because I'm sure that there are so many people out there who are watching someone suffer and hurt and not cope. If only professionals out there knew this. I kind of feel that had in the very beginning before Kelsey got so, so ill from anorexia. If only a dietitian or a nutritionist or a psychologist or a psychiatrist or a neurologist or endocrinologist endocrinologist or general practitioner, if only one of them had actually asked us or spoken to Kelsey about what foods was she actually eating when she was having something to eat and analyze those things and actually see if there was any nutrition that she was getting from that. Um, If only early on in the process she would have been introduced into a carnivore or a keto way of eating. I think a whole lot of suffering, a whole lot of trauma and a whole lot of pain would have been alleviated straight away. And uh, so another big um, thing that I would like to tell parents or guardians or even people who are struggling out there is have a look at what you are eating when you are eating and um, maybe if you have a look at what's happening in your emotions and your psyche from a complete nutritional point of view and with some understanding of what our physiologies need and do then maybe you will um, find that beautiful path of recovery that thank god kelsey found Mm -hmm. and has saved her life and i'm sure will save anyone's life if they um had a look or had someone that knew about this who would hold their hand and walk them through it um that would be like a dream come true and uh one big thing that all of this unbelievable huge journey that us as a family experienced with Kelsey has been an absolute turnaround in our uh, thinking about what is food and what isn't food. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Kelsey um, took it upon herself once she had decided from within that she does want recovery, that she does want to choose life. She took it upon herself to absolutely dive deep into studying and learning all that there is um, to to know about nutrition, body physiology, um, our uh, ancestral beings, um, that we aren't any different to our ancestors. We still have the same um, intestines, colon, stomach, lungs, kidneys, brain, heart, as our ancestors so nothing on that level has changed except our environment and how our food is prepared in factories and uh, um, processed so um, we have learnt a lot and uh, I think that is one of for me anyway one of the big reasons why Kelsey has done this podcast because for months and months that's all she wanted to do is shout out to the world how she was able to recover and um, feel the spark of life again inside herself just from the things that she was eating. And um, if, for me, if it just touches one family and they can help their person um, choose the path of life from a simple and uh, a way of just eating the right foods um that would be amazing well i think to reiterate the powerful effect of food like the reason why it's one of the biggest modifiers is because we eat pounds of food a day and i mean for example we understand that a little pill which is like Mm. micro milligrams compared to you know the volume of food if a medication can have such an effect in the body of course the food that we are ingesting has an effect on the body and every different 
quality of food, every different quality macronutrient has a completely different hormonal effect on the body. And I think, you know, just to explain why food has such an impact on the body is because it does. And because every different, as I said, like nutrient, every different macronutrient, every different different nutritional composition of a food has a different hormonal response in the body and that by turn inevitably has an effect on the mind and the body and the spirit so that's why food alone is like the single most powerful lever to pull when it comes to anything related to your physical and emotional health and again the food piece definitely falls under the whole lifestyle piece and you know before you just turn to another medication or go to another doctor or spend you know more money try try see just pull this lever because as we've explained it's like probably the most profound lever to pull and we're not saying it's a cure drug this has not cured me from the monkey mind i mean to be honest i just feel that we all have a spectrum of a monkey mind we all have the irrational part of our minds and we all have the rational part of our minds and i think the journey is about you know, obviously building up the internal dialogue and resilience of the rational mind to overcome the irrational minds. And, you know, our struggles manifest in different ways. For me, it manifested in eating disorder, for others, addiction. You know, we all have this thing called a journey of life to live. And we all manifest different things in different ways. And some people struggle more than others, but then other people struggle more than others in different regards. So, um, yeah, I think that's that's just what I wanted to sort of speak about just on the nutrition on the nutrition piece alone because I mean I'm very vocal about this because I just I've seen far too many people suffer and die from trying medication after medication and different thing a different clinic a different this a different that and I, I truly truly wholeheartedly believe that if they had maybe looked at things like their lifestyle and the food that they're eating specifically as it does have a profound impact, but also how they're, if they're sleeping, are they sleeping? Um, are they moving their bodies? Are they getting sunlight? Like all these simple things that are actually free. Um, I feel like if I could have reached them sooner, you know, these are just such profound, but unsexy things to, to be looking at within your own selves. And I mean, of course, how you live every day is how you live your life. So yeah, I just wanted to speak more about this because yeah literally the way that you live your life can really have of course understandably a huge impact on your overall state of being and your overall state of health anything else um i don't know maybe um let us just um also look at um the the family i think that's mm-hmm. a big a big one um uh, from my perspective, I kind of uh, withdrew into myself. Um, I didn't really want to socialize or make small talk with anyone um, because I kind of felt how could I be socializing and smiling and talking about, at that time I, w- I was thinking of nonsense stuff, with other people when I have a child who literally could die tomorrow. Um, so um yes i stopped seeing friends i didn't want to be with friends i didn't want to actually um, be with anyone um but if i could maybe um take that time back i think i should have done it differently and that's my another lesson possibly that you can take from this from my experience anyway is that you do need friends and you do need um people around you um, and um, don't push them away or don't feel that you can't be with them because of what you um, are internalizing on your experience because those few moments with someone else who's not part of your family unit could literally give you some peace and some normalcy and some feeling of being human in this world Um, so don't don't reject it I think, in a way, even seek it out more because I think you would feel uh, more reaffirmed as a parent, as a mother, as a human being, and it will possibly feed you some strength to actually deal with the realities that are happening back home under your roof. That's huge. 
that's huge because I have found in my recovery that I've needed to speak with people and hear people. Like it was just this visceral yearning to just hear people speak, to be able to just feel normal again. And as you've already spoken about the power of human connection, and we are, it, it takes a community. It really does. We, we evolved as a human species in communities. So that's a huge point that is very, very important. Um, in fact, you know, like having a friend is probably the highest on Maslow's hierarchy of needs. And it's so true. It's been a, a very a pertinent thought that I've had quite a lot recently. And I've often spoken about the power of just speaking with people and hearing stories and just again just again that mere act of just hearing people speak making me feel less alone in this world that's a huge factor and i'm so grateful that you brought that up it's actually quite synchronistic that you did yeah. i think a big thing with uh, a family who has got someone who is suffering from an eating disorder in specifics because that's what we experienced it's very isolating because not many people in their lifetime will ever ever even meet a person who's got anorexia or bulimia or body dysmorphia they can live their whole lives and never ever be touched by someone who is suffering with that so um, i always felt this complete disconnect of what my reality was and what the reality of most people around me were experiencing and um, a big reality check that I used to experience almost on a daily basis was when I went to fetch um, Daniel, our youngest child, from school. He was in uh, um, junior primary at the time. And um, I would fetch him from school and we would walk back to the car together. And the first thing he would say to me was, Mum, did Kelsey eat today? And uh, what has she eaten? Um, and there was the six-year-old seven-year-old um, thinking about his older sister not eating um, I can only imagine what his days at school were, were like so that was a big reality check that's not normal um, his friends used to ask him also almost on a daily basis why is his sister so thin um, and he used to tell them because she is anorexic and they would say well what is anorexic and um, so those are concepts that most children would never have to speak about so that was something that they made me feel very real that our lives were completely different at that time to most family families lives and um, uh, I think that's not being in contact with friends um, and other people was making us was making me anyway even further isolated um, so yeah so I just wanted to reaffirm that the benefits far outweigh then then don't help by being with people, by being with your friends, by making a concerted effort just to go for a walk with a friend or a family member other than your immediate family unit or anyone that you feel comfortable with. And you don't have to talk about the suffering of your child or what has been happening that week or what the doctor said this time. You don't have to bring those things up at all. You just need to even just listen to your friend because everyone has issues. Um, they may be completely different to yours, but everybody needs a listening ear. So you could be that listening ear for someone else. Wow, Mom. That was so beautiful. And I, gosh, that was powerful. And I really hope that it's helped just one person. Um, I know it has not been easy at all, um, but I do just want to commend you for also walking through moving forward and also for your own self just choosing life because that's all you can do and I mean your love is just magnanimous and unconditional and you really do epitomize unconditional love to the nth degree and I know myself Josh and Daniel can can just vouch for eternity that you are one of the most loving humans in this world not only to us but anyone who you meet um it's like you can't really even hurt a fly <laughs> and we just appreciate you and i really appreciate you and just thank you for being vulnerable and sharing your thoughts um i think it's very important to be able to share this with other people again in hopes just to help someone out there 
And you have something else to say? Yeah, I do. Um, thanks, Kelsey, for um, for those amazing words. Um, to be honest, while we were going through those dark times, I didn't feel so loving. I didn't feel like such a good mum, and I didn't feel um, that that I was able to be compassionate or even kind towards you. I was feeling uh, a lot of other emotions that were completely overtaking my natural instincts. Um, So I suppose I also had a monkey mind at that time that was coming out in a more powerful way. But um, a, a lesson that I could maybe just say here out of that, Kelsey, is that, you know, we are only human and we can only do the best that we can at those moments. And... That best at that moment may not necessarily have been the best if you look back that you should have done. But um, there's going to be no help to anyone if you reverberate those negative thoughts about yourself or about how you dealt with things or about what you said or what you did in the past. Um, It's not going to change what happened. It's only going to make you inside yourself feel like less of a human or worse a human. And it will almost shade your outlook and ability to see the beauty that is unfolding in front of you. I mean, the transformation in Kelsey while she was um, eating those nutritious foods and um, cutting out the processed foods were so tangible and so palpable and so beautiful that I should, that I just urge every parent or guardian to embrace those moments because those are what are beautiful and those will feed your strength to be that loving parent again. So um, don't beat yourself up about things that you may feel you should have done differently because it is what it is and got to move on and moving on isn't easy. Moving on is letting go and um, not um, thinking badly of yourself. Um, So yeah, I think that is another lesson. We do what we can at the moment and um, no one is perfect and there isn't a parenting manual and there isn't a parenting book on being a parent with someone who is suffering from any mental or physical dis-ease. So yes, take those steps and let someone hold your hand and um, don't feel that you have to be alone through that journey. That is so beautiful, Mom. <laughs> that is just so beautiful. I, I cannot thank you enough for sharing all of this and for being open and honest. And I, I, I can't see how this cannot help anyone. Do you have anything more to yeah, say? I do. Okay. You see, I love this. you should never have opened this can of worms. The apple doesn't fall far from the tree. <laughs> because, um, you know, I haven't really spoken these things or my thoughts to anyone, really. I've, like, just bottled them up but I think it's quite uh, coincidental that we are recording this episode in this beautiful green belt near where we live because if anyone does know me when I am struggling within myself emotionally or I'm feeling a huge amount of stress the first thing that I want to turn to is to go for a walk in nature that is something that feeds my soul and just gives me some strength I literally absorb this beauty around me and I just feel safe under the trees so um, I think just being out in the green belt recording this and having that sense of safety has given me um, a, a safe place just to speak my mind and literally say things that I haven't said to anyone before let alone to you Kels but honestly I cannot tell you how much Uh, There actually aren't any words to actually express how grateful I am that you are who you are and that you did find that inner strength, that unbelievable inner strength to heal yourself, Kels. And um, you can shine that beautiful light and be proud because I know that in your lifetime, you are going to help many, many people find their own inner peace and their own inner light and they themselves will then help somebody else. So it's like a domino effect, Kelsey. Um, just God bless and just may you be well. Um, well, there's actually science to back that up. Shinrin Yoku, forest bathing. I'm not even joking. It's the power of nature as well. You see, most of the things that can help heal us along the way are actually just our environment and, and just at one. Intrinsically. And intrinsically, as you say, we do we do know it. We just need to reconnect with our ancestral mm. wisdom, as they would say. But mom, I need to give you a big hug. <laughs> that was 
I'm so grateful. You are my mom, and I love you, and I will always love you. And yeah, just thank you, thank, thank you, thank you. I could not be where I am today without you. So thank um, you. You are where you are because of you, Kels, not necessarily because of anyone else. So take it, Kels. Take it, own you. it. I love you too. <laughs> love you so much, mom. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed that and took something away from it. If anything, I hope you're able to acknowledge that you are merely responding to your perceived reality and doing the best that you possibly can with the knowledge that you know. And I hope that you know that you are not alone. If you think of anyone who would benefit from hearing this, please share, share, share. Sharing, rating, reviewing and subscribing all help the show grow and it gets it more accessible to more people. It is the lifeline of any podcast. Don't forget about your special 10% discount on any Oxford HealthSpan product when you enter Kelsey, K-E-L-S-E-Y, all in capitals as the discount code at checkout. A link will be in the show notes. And until next time, stay safe, stay real. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Human Theatre. I hope you learned something new. Don't forget to like, subscribe, share, and give a rating or a review on whatever app you are listening to this podcast on. I would love to hear your feedback, so please don't hesitate to reach out on Instagram or via email. All the links are in the show notes. Remember, you are your most important person in this world. Keep shining your unique light. Until next time.